Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, um... It's great to be here because you know why? <laughs> why? Father Malachi was sitting in his chair like last time. <laughs> yeah, we did like three episodes with him. Yeah. So it's been a minute since you and I've been in here, but I'm excited to be back in here with you. You know, thank you for letting him borrow your seat. And No, no, it was awesome. I mean, you know, <laughs> and plus I see something new addition to the, to the table. Yeah, so, yeah, our, our, our St. Paul statue there. I mean, I guess Angela's probably, my wife Angela's running the cameras today. It's in the middle shot of us here. It's you know, something I picked up from our local bookstore, St. Paul, you know, we, Devaney, our good friend that mm-hmm. runs that, that apostolate and bookstore here in Memphis, went by there and just was uh, wanting to get something for Saint, you know, of St. Paul because that's a patron saint of our ministry. We've talked about that uh, over the last year about how our mission and, and our ministry has changed from just a podcast and going places and just speaking to speak and is really how we've been called into this mission of of going and starting men's ministries and parishes, you know, life-changing, vibrant groups. And so I thought, man, we've got, you know, Mary and Joseph and crucifixes, obviously Jesus and all those things in here, but we don't have St. Paul. So I went and bought this statue, and it just reminds me of of the mission that we're on. You know, that St. Paul left and he went out. He didn't stay in Jerusalem. He said, I'm going to go and, and teach people what I've learned. And, you know, Victor, it took me a while to understand exactly what God wanted of this ministry, but... You know, you look at the path he's had us on developing that men's ministry at Holy Rosary out of nothing. And, um, you know, we build podcasts and things like that, but there's enough people out there building endless content. The church is really blessed with a lot of people doing that. What it's not so blessed with is people that are actually going in boots on the ground and starting things, you know, groups for men, for women. There are some things out there, don't get me wrong, but that's what we feel like we're called to do is not just kind of sit here and try to try to explain or to to lead from afar but to actually go in and get mm-hmm. on the ground and and help parishes understand uh our structure that we give and the four pillars and to help lead them uh into finding the right men to lead it and then giving them the confidence that no matter what they've done they're not the sum of their sins they're the sum of god's love for them that god doesn't care about what they've done he cares about what they have the potential to do and allow those men to really experience what it means to walk with our men in virtuous friendship and to come into an authentic relationship with our Lord. And, and so we've been doing that. I mean, I look back here, we are at the end of the year, you know, we're, we're in the week of the last week of Advent. So Christmas is coming up and that's what we're going to talk about today on the show. But um, yeah, I just, I've been pausing a lot to look back at this year and man, we started, you know, 14 men's groups, or I think almost 15, it is 15 around the country. We've run 15 missions with those, uh, with those uh, group implementations all over the country. We've spoken at several men's conferences. We've spoken at several universities, including the University of Kentucky. You know, we built this studio. We started a YouTube channel, went and trained in healing prayer with Dr. Bob, and those relationships continue to bless uh, the ministry and the people around us as I learn more about healing and, and able to share that with people. And um, then we also consecrated the ministry to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which mm-hmm. I think has really blessed it as well. And Went on a number of shows. You know, we've been on Pints with Aquinas and Christophanic and That Man Is You and Gus Lloyd and uh, film, just filmed with Pavanka, uh, Father Pavanka, Dave Pavanka from uh, Franciscan last week. 
We've been on Ralph Martin's show, so we, we've just been blessed with a lot of things. And, you know, I wanted to share really quickly some of the things that we've heard from these parishes. And, um, you know, this was from Kath, uh, Kathy Becker up in Springfield, Illinois. She said, we brought John in for a parish mission and for training leaders to begin a new men's ministry. He was engaging, informative, and so needed in our parish. His passion for the faith and his relationship with Jesus inspired our leadership to jump in and begin starting and leading a men's group. We were happy to be able to call John a friend and know God will continue to bless this ministry. Happy to call you a friend too, Kathy. Um, this is one of the first ones I did uh, with, with Father Timothy um, out in Farmington, New Mexico. And he talks about um, just the mission and and how moving it was for him. And he said, so so often mission preachers are not willing to speak to the people in the pews about their lives and how to incorporate their Catholic faith into their everyday lives. John did so and gave some great teaching as well. He applied the Holy Scriptures to his life and the lives of the people, and so many were touched by his teachings. He's a down-to-earth man who tells an amazing story of his conversion. His call to all of us is to deepen our own personal relationship with Jesus, and that touched me to the core. Not only that, but John was willing to help us start a men's Bible study and spirituality group in our parish. And due to his help, we have a great list of men of all ages and backgrounds who are meeting on a regular basis to grow in their faith. So that's that's a priest there. Um, Deacon Manny is a guy that brought me into Wichita Falls. And, you know, he says some great things, too. He says, as we all know, there's a spiritual battle going on against families. And John Edwards and his team are deep in the battle. They aren't afraid to put boots on the ground and do what is necessary to help the local church build programs that will help men live virtuous lives. He says, we've had a very successful start to our men's group, Forge. That's what they called themselves, Forge Through Grace and Mercy, which is really cool. They had shirts and everything. Mm-hmm. We have over 30 men enrolled, and we just started. John has given us structure and content to help us form men in our community. Without just a guy in the pew ministries, I know we wouldn't be where we are today. May God continue to bless John and his team at just a guy in the pew. May he continue to guide this ministry and all the work they do for the kingdom of God. So you can see there from a deacon, from a priest, from a DRE, um, and then from men just sharing that when they've come in, now they've got groups of 15, 20, 40, 50 that are meeting on a regular basis, and they've got the confidence in the structure now. And Victor, it just it warms my heart to look back, and it just, man, it, it's hard not to talk about it and get, mm. not get emotional because just to see what God can do, you know, when you when you surrender your life the way that we have and just said, Lord, you lead us, and this isn't about me. I'm not trying to puff myself up here. I just, I know the Lord has so much more he wants to do through this ministry. And right now we're looking for more opportunities to go to parishes, to to visit with people. We're scheduling missions for 2023 and, and group implementations. This is changing the lives of so many men and not only the men, but the people, the parish, the women are starting to get on fire. Not that they aren't. A lot of times women are more on fire than the men, but they're starting to form their own groups. And then you see the youth engaged and it's just changing parishes. When you get the men, you start to get everything else. And that's what our goal is. So consider bringing us in for 2023. Consider bringing us in to help grow your parish, but bring the men back to the faith. And look, I I share all these things too, because the fact is to continue doing all these things, we need help financially, right? It's hard to run a ministry without financial support. So we've been going around since November. I've been going around and meeting with people here locally, you know, talking to people we've, we've helped in the past and trying to find people that can give at a hundred dollars a month or more, you know, monthly donors. It's great to have a one-time gift and we'll take all of that. Please don't feel like I'm sliding that at all. But we need that continual giving to help us grow so that we can bring in new team members so that we can continue to to uh, build up the things we need to build to be able to market this so we can get it out in front of more pastors so that they know about it. Right now, we're one voice screaming in the middle of a lot of voices, right? And, and, and to, to get your, the attention of people on you sometimes is difficult. 
So we need to have funds to be able to put things out there and advertise and to share with the church what we're doing and what God is doing through this. So I invite you all now you know, to consider giving even a year-end gift, a one-time gift, but especially those of you that have been blessed and, and by this ministry, maybe financially in your life, to consider giving to us on a monthly basis, whether it's 25, 50, 100, 500, whatever it is the Lord calls you to give. Just know that we're going to use it to continue to help men come to our Lord so they can become the husbands and fathers they're called to be. You can give online at uh, www.donorbox.org slash pew. So you can go www.donorbox.org slash pew, or you can go to justaguyinthepew.com and click donate in the top right corner. All of it would be appreciated. This is the joy of my life to be able to do this, to give my life to this. I know it is for Victor too. And we just want to continue doing this and, and just let the Lord continue to reach out and find those that are lost and bring them back to him. So thank you for listening to that. I know it was a little bit longer today, but I wanted to share that. We're here at the end of the year and just wanted to felt moved by the Lord to share the successes we've seen and to invite you to become a part of this ministry, not just financially, but when you give, you're becoming a part of that um, as part of our team. So thank you for that. Victor, as I said, we're here in Christmas week, right? So here we are on the fourth week of Advent. We've had a couple of shows on this already. You know, we talked about when you and I were last together, that how are we preparing our hearts for Advent? Mm-hmm. Then Father Malachi came on in one of the episodes he did. He talked about really just very movingly about how we're empty mangers in a lot of our lives and, and how unworthy that manger must have felt and how a lot of times that's how we can feel, but that's exactly where Jesus wants to come into. It was a great episode. He did, you know, fantastic with that. And as I looked at this last week of of Advent, I thought, what are we going to do that we haven't already done? And so I started, you know, praying and reading through the scriptures and reading through what we're going this journey that we're continuing on this week and where we'll end up on on Christmas Day the, or, or the Vigil Mass. And um, you know, a lot of times when we look at that, you start to read from Luke or Matthew and. Mm-hmm. You start to read the genealogy, and you're you're starting to to hear, you know, what happened with the angel and with Mary and with Joseph, and then the trip to Bethlehem, and eventually the birth of Christ and the shepherds and the wise men and all those things, and that's what we're accustomed to. Um, but as I was reading, the Lord took me over to John uh, chapter one, and you know, you hear that I believe in the day reading on Christmas Day. You don't hear them in the vigil masses and stuff. That's traditionally, at least this year, read from Luke, but I think it's one of the most powerful, you know, chapters in in the Gospels. And I think oftentimes it calls us to really what this is about, the birth of Christ and why he came and all of that. So I want to read that really quickly. And I know all of us have heard it, but I want to read it so we're refreshed. And then the Lord had me write down just some lines out of this that I want to discuss with you, you know, and, and share about it. Just because I think it opens our eyes to what we're called to uh, during this this time of of the birth of Christ. So... Here we are in John, uh, a reading, I guess I'll say, from, mm-hmm. from the book of John, the Gospel of John. So, starting in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, 
and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten Son from the Father. John bore witness to him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, for he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law received, or excuse me, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. So there we are reading the first chapter, uh, 1 through 18. That's not the entire chapter, but the first section of that, Victor. And I just wanted to read that because it, it brings us a, a different sense to what's happening, mm-hmm. right? The fact that in the beginning was the Word. You know, Jesus was the Word, and, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, it reminds us right there in the beginning that there is a God in three persons. It's, it's the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, right, that Jesus is not only the son of God, but he is also God, right? And that all things were made through him. And so I I pulled some lines from this and it, it really, when I read this, Victor, I get chills every time I read it or I hear it read or something like that, because it's just, it's like the God of the universe loved us so much that he sent the, the thing that was the most important to him in the world to redeem us. After all those years in the old Testament, we, we hear the fighting and the wars and the the struggles and just all the broken covenants yeah yeah yeah. and the death and the in the and all these things and you can honestly think like man god was a vengeful angry god Mm -hmm. you know almost like the 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 greek gods right and and no he's always been the same god he was just simply trying to get us he was trying to reconcile us back to him because we broke that Mm -hmm. in the garden and so eventually it's like the parable jesus tells he sends all these other messengers and eventually he sends his son and and we wind up killing him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Jesus himself volunteered for this, right? He, God didn't force him. He said, I, I want to do this. I want to go and, and be part of this, this plan of salvation. And, and so when, we, when we're at Christmas and, and we can see the beauty of the manger and the, the, the North Star and the songs and the carols and all of those things and the, the secular Christmas stuff, I think often we can look past the point that, that, that the Word was – he came down from heaven that God just – took it upon himself to make himself one of us and to take on the sin of the world and to, to die for us. And it had to begin somewhere, and it begins here in this passage. And it does a great job of telling us why. So I want to go through some of these lines, um, you know, and break them down one by one. But first, I mean, what are your thoughts on this this passage? What do you hear when you're hearing this? Well, it's just, it's just a, the greatest love story written, really, is like yeah. God loves his people, and his people struggle to love back. You know, and and that's just the kind of like the story that we're involved in. We we all have our own stories we're writing, and we're trying to pull in as many people we can in our story, which is always interwoven with other stories, which therefore is the great story, yeah. which is trying to find not only God but also reconcile ourselves. Realize that you know we carry so much of our own stuff that that we 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 may not be fully open. We may not be that full fully empty manger. We may not have Christ in us as fully as we want, but we're always seeking to, yeah. to be fully involved in the faith. Um, and I think that's, a, that's what love's all about is, is, is the essence of God 
the essence of the Holy Spirit, being involved with the Father and the Son, and us being part of that great story as well. Yeah, you're right, and and I just I, I think it's such a gift of the church, you know, these liturgical seasons because it calls us back to that. You know, when we focus on Lent, of course, we're focused on the passion and yeah. the and the 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 death and resurrection of Jesus, but it all begins here. And and I know that I find myself a lot when Christmas rolls around, you know, watching the movies, getting into the season, making the Christmas treats, buying the presents, all those things, and then you kind of go to mass and. And if it's if that's what you let, you let it be, that's all it can be. Is just like, well, I'm gonna go knock out mass. I got to get home and get the turkey out of the oven, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna have dinner and and then have the day, and and then it's sort of over with, right? Even though we have the continued Christmas season in the church, a lot of times we're already pulling decorations down, we're already doing those things. But the season calls us to remember that, like, this is the mark, like this is God coming down and saying, "I'm here for a, for a mission and for a plan," and and I think. We can bypass that, and that's why this this reading means so much. And 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 I think that's one of the first lines I want to pull out of this is, you know, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. You know, oftentimes we look at everything in the world and, and we get so caught up in those things, but we forget who made them. Right. You know, and we forget why they're here, and we forget the blessings they can be. Um, there's a lot of things in the world that definitely aren't blessings, right, that are that, that obviously the Lord allowed to be created, but the devil uses for a lot of things. And and so we have to be aware of those things but but everything was made by him for us like to to use his glory right to glorify him whether it's our homes to to invite people in to 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 invite them into a better relationship with the lord whether it's 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 you know just anything that he's given us we're, we we're to use it all to glorify him and so that line really stuck out to me cuz i think sometimes we just jesus is our buddy in the clouds right and we we forget that you know even in genesis he said, "Let us make, let us make them in their image, in our mm-hmm. image and likeness. Us and our, like even there in Genesis, we're seeing God is talking to someone else, not just to Himself. And so Jesus was there in the beginning, and He comes down from that seat in heaven to give Himself and to pour Himself out for us. And He makes Himself small and He humbles Himself. And that's what I always pull from this too. When I look at that, the manger when we place Jesus in it on 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 Christmas, it's like the God of the universe didn't come in some." You know, with with fiery chariots and and lightning bolts, a grand and, entrance, yeah, into right. the world. Yeah, he came right. in as is this small humble baby, and it reminds us of how we have to become small right. and we have to humble ourselves to be able to serve him and put him first in our lives. But all things were made through him, and you know, the second thing I really pulled out, and this this one really hit me, is in him was life, and the life was the light of men. You know, and for so long, and we talked about the Old Testament and the darkness that was just ensued back there you had periods of light right the mm-hmm. rainbows and noah and 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 david and some of the things with goliath and some of the triumphs there but there was a lot of darkness back then and the wandering in the desert and all of those things and and it just it strikes me it says in him was life and there's so many people victor out there in the world today and i was one of them for so long that just have no life in them right they're going through the motions they're they're checking the boxes they're they're doing the things that they've got to do to survive but they literally are not full of life you know, what is my purpose? What is my reason for existence? And it says here that in him was life and that life was the light of men. And and that's what I want people to focus on right now is like, are you in darkness? Do you feel like you're drowning in that darkness and you're fumbling around for a light switch you can't find? Because we're looking at everything else, right? right. We're looking for our jobs to give us that light or, 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 you know, other things, the things we can buy, the things we can have, 
you know, the new workout, the, the things we'll try at the beginning of the year to try to make us feel better and different about ourselves. There's only one thing that's truly going to give that light in the light in your life that you're looking for, and that's him, and that's what this verse says. I think we struggle so much to, like, do our own way, to find our own path, that we neglect any aid or any guidance, you know, yeah. because we assume that we're gonna, we can do this on our own. And then you get to that point where the trail ends, right? right? And it may not end exactly how you planned it, and then there's frustration, and there's doubt of self-doubt. And I think that's kind of where we all get to the point where we reach out to, to, some, so, to something bigger than us, whatever yeah. we don't know at the time, but really is as God, is Christ. And, and when you invite him in, that light is, is whatever was there is revealed to yourself, and you realize, like, you know, I am so much better now than I was before. Sure. Because now I have an, experienced something that's, that's unexplainable but has brought so much joy to my life, and that's the relationship with God, and that's with Christ and, you know, Holy Trinity. Yeah. No, and, 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 you know, I just think of, you know, walking in darkness, and you can have a flashlight. You can start, you can light a match. All those things are going to run out of batteries. They're mm -hmm. going to, the match is going to burn up eventually. Yeah. You know, but you look at, like, the sun. And the sun, yes, it has a time of day that it rises and sets, but the sun doesn't burn out. It shines light on everything. And, and that's who Jesus is in our life, is he, he will never burn out. You know, that we, we keep continuing trying to makeshift our own lights, but he's the light of our life. And, and, and it says, you know, in the next line, the darkness has not overcome the light. And it won't. You know, if it does, it's because we allow it. it. You know, you can go in a dark room and, and, and light a match, and all of a sudden everything is illuminated. Mm -hmm. And the darkness isn't going to put that, latch out, that match out unless we blow it out, unless we put it out ourselves, unless it just simply burns down. That's why we have to continue to persevere and build ourselves in our faith and continue to stoke the fire that is that light, right? To give Christ more and more of our life. And that's what we're called to do here at Christmas is, is to understand that the light is coming into the world. And maybe you're a person out there that's lost somebody. Maybe this is a difficult time of year. You know, maybe you're, you're alone and you don't have family. Uh, you're not married. You don't have kids. And it's a very depressing time of year. It doesn't have to be because we can go here and remember that there's someone that loves us and that you're never alone, right? You're never alone, that Jesus is always with us and he wants to be that light in our life. And that's what this calls us to. That's why I get chills when I read this is because it really sums up our faith in just a couple of paragraphs is there was darkness. God had enough of it. He wanted us back. He sent his son. The word became flesh. And we're going to talk about that line here more in a minute. But he did it so that we could not have that darkness in our life anymore. Um, and it's, it goes on to say, the next line I wrote down, the true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. And this is the thing, the true light. You know, how often, again, do we search for, for, for things to, to give us light, to give us joy, to give us happiness, to give us fulfillment in life that continue to fail and fail and fail again? I think sometimes God allows us to grasp for, for those things because he wants us to eventually learn there's only one thing that's going to give you what you want. Mm -hmm. And it's not those other things. And we're so hard-headed, right? Sometimes we'd rather beat our head against the wall than simply turn around and look and see there's a way around the wall. Right. <laughs> and that way is Jesus. And so when I hear that, it says the true light. There are so many false things in this world, and this world is so full nowadays of saying, be your own God, do what you want, lead your own life, right? You don't need anybody or anything to tell you what's what to do in your life. And that's why so many people are lost. And in this time where Jesus came in, the world was lost, right? They were they were not living as what, what God wanted them to. This is why Jesus was attacking the Pharisees all the time. Is you're not 
teaching people the right way. You're talking, but you're not living it. You're not giving the example. So I'm coming to show and be this true light. And so this is another reminder here at Christmas that that this is what it's about. It's not simply just a cute baby in a manger. The light of the world is coming in to shine light on your path and give you direction into the things that you're looking for and you're missing in your life. Well, and talk about, you know, things missing your life, you know. I mean, I, I think for me, and I, I probably goes to others that are listening, is that in when I was a younger man, my prayers were very much self-centered, self-concerned, like a request list. And I never really got much of a out of my prayer time because I was speaking in the wrong language. I was not speaking in the language of silence, of mm-hmm. listening to what he wants me to be. And instead of asking, um, you know, how do you want me to be, Lord? Form me in the way you want me to be formed. May I be attentive to the silence that you are putting me in. You know, where the dark night of the soul or whatever, things are taken from me. Um, teach me at that moment. At, and, and instead of that, I was saying... You know, help me get this job. You know, yeah. uh, Lord, I want to. I want to get a new car. You know, help me get that. Or uh, it'd be great if my team won. You know, I mean, like yeah. I was, I was, I was praying in the wrong language, and I was, I was so frustrated because I wasn't receiving what I was asking for. Because they say, whatever you ask shall be given. You know. Sure. Well, I mean, that how incorrectly interpretation is that that I was using, right? Yeah. So what we should be asking is like, form me in the way you 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 know that I need to be, Lord. Yeah. And allow me to be attentive to the silence where I set myself to be able to be formed by your will, not my own will, as Christ did. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times we're the ones saying, Lord, come on, follow me. Yeah. Right. And it's and that's why we wind up in so many places in our life that are difficult and troublesome because God's behind us going, No, like you need to go this way, but you know, I love you enough to let you do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And we wind up in bad places. But this is why Jesus is, is this beacon, right? And we're supposed to follow that. And we get so frustrated because we want, you know, the light shown on the, on the entire path, right? Lord, I want to see 10 steps in front of me. I want to see 20 steps in front of me. And we get frustrated and try to do it ourselves again. But he's always just going to light enough light so as to see the next step, right? So that we can concentrate on that. This isn't, it's a marathon, not a sprint in mm-hmm. our faith, right? And, and sometimes we just want to get to the end and say, okay, I'm here. But as we've talked about a bunch of times, conversion is not a one-time experience it's it's the rest of our life and that's what paul means when he says run the race right and how many times do we hear peter and james and paul and jesus himself talk about this is going to be difficult right. persevere endure we hear that again and again in scripture that's why the eucharist is so important it's like a drink aid station you know like right. in the marathon it's like you go to the you know you go to the tabernacle you know and and you receive his body as like a, a, a fulfillment to continue the race. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why like a lot of times when you're failing, you're falling and you're stumbling and it seems like the light's so far away, it's never out. He's still lighting your path mm-hmm. and it's just, it's a call to keep moving forward. Right. And so I love how it continues to, to speak to him as light here. Um, but then it goes on to say he came to his own home and his own people received him not. And I think this is very important to hear in here because, again, when we read Scripture, we can read this like, man, all those jerks back then that just didn't receive Jesus, how could they not do it? Yet we do it in our lives each and every day. You know, well, I'm not going to go to Mass today even though I have a lunch break and I could. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to read Scriptures because I'd rather watch Netflix. I'm not going to give myself to this men's group because I simply don't have enough time. Right? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pray this way today because I'm simply too busy. How many times does Jesus want to come into our own home, which is our hearts, the home yeah. of our hearts, and, and our, our own people? A lot of times us who are proclaimed Christians, 
say, no, I don't want to give you that real estate, right? I've given you, I've given you the, the guest bedroom, but I don't want to give you access to the den. I don't want to give you access to the kitchen. I don't want to give you access to, the, to, to whatever else I have in my house, right? I, I just want to keep you in this box and bring you out um, the way that we do. And, and oftentimes that's what Christ, Christmas is and Easter, right? How many Catholics do we see show up at church? And I'm glad they're there because God bless that they've come at least once a year. Yeah. But how many times do we show up because we're doing it out of an obligation instead of out of a love and a relationship and a gratefulness to what's been done for us? And so it's not something to look back and go, man, how did those jerks not accept Jesus? A lot of times we're the jerks who aren't accepting Jesus in our life. And and maybe people listening are some of those people. A lot of times I know I am still to this day. You know, I'm not perfect and I haven't made it. I still reject Jesus in a lot of ways and choose other things over him. But um, but it's a call in this line to say maybe maybe we haven't truly received him in our own hearts. Um, the next one is, is, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. This is something else I think that we, we skip at Christmas is we look at the child of Jesus, but we often we're looking at just what we're used to, right? The baby of Jesus, the, this, this, this manger scene and all that, but it's an invitation for us to become children of God as well, to be reborn as children of God, right? And that was supposed to happen when we were baptized. It was supposed to be doubled down on in confirmation, but a lot of times one, you were a baby. You don't, if you were born Catholic, you don't remember your baptism confirmation. A lot of times it's just a, a neat night to celebrate. And a lot of times it marks the last time people go to church, like young mm-hmm. people are really into their faith, right? I've gotten through all this. Thank you, mom and dad, get off my back. But this is a, a call to, and an invitation to really step into this identity of I'm not some slave or servant of God as often people were called in the old Testament. As Jesus says, I have called you friends, right? I've invited you to be friends. It's this new relationship that begins at Christmas where we're invited to not only gaze upon the child, but to be invited to become children of God ourselves, which means to truly look at God as father, to truly look at Jesus as brother, to truly look at Mary as mother and invite ourselves, not invite ourselves, but accept that invitation into this holy family that God is calling us into. That is what Christmas is really about, is is turning away from this darkness, coming into that manger scene, seeing ourselves in that manger as well, in that invitation to become those children of God. And it's something, again, I think we can miss when we get caught up in the hubbub, and that this this part of, of John is such a gift, and the way that he wrote this that invites us to realize that. Well, I mean, again, you're, you're, what you're doing is, is, is exactly what we, we all should be focused on is like, how can I make changes to the life that I'm living right now? Yeah. How can I redevelop things that I've once were at, was attentive to in my faith to reinvest where I need to be again? You know, we all know where we're lacking. You know, we, we, we know that things get caught up and we, we, our attention turns away from some small things. Um, and, and we need to make sure that when this time, the Advent, that we're glued in and we're attentive to that things that we said we were going to do that we didn't do last year, that we really pay attention to make sure we have it, you know, we do it this year. Like, for instance, like hearing that small voice say, hey, maybe you should go to like adoration this weekend, you know, Uh, maybe you should read uh, just a small gospel, maybe you should say a rosary. Maybe, you know, maybe it'd be great to take the kids to to this, you know, something with involving the family to bringing the family into a, a, a concept of a faithful um, family doing things together in, in with Christ in the center of it, yeah. you know? 
Um, and I think that's what it's all about is trying to mimic the Holy Family at this time of the year. Sure, sure, yeah, and to realize what's important. Yeah. That's the thing, that that is the most important thing. And and this is really the crowning line to me in this in this passage is, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, I want to take a knee when I say that because of yeah. the different prayers that, that, you know, we, the Angelus and things like that. But, but it's just, I think this is a question more than a statement that we need to ask ourselves. Has the Word become flesh in our mm-hmm. lives? You know, because it rolls off the tongue. But has Jesus become real to us? Have we given him real estate again in our life? Have we let him be the Lord of our life? Is it something that's cute that we say and we go to church out of obligation and, and we go to mass, you know, a couple times a year or we go just because it's what our parents have done? Or is the word really become flesh in our life? Is it the most important thing to us? Because it just blows my mind that the God of the universe up in, in, in perfection decides that he loves us so much that he comes down from heaven and endures what he has to endure and becomes, as, as, as the gospel says, he took on sin, right? right. Took, took on our sin to the point where God turned away from him, right, on the cross. And he says, you know, um, uh, you Father, why have you forsaken me, right? He, he knew all this was coming, and yet he chose to come here because he loves us so unfathomably, so unbelievably, that he couldn't sit there and do nothing. And this deserves a response in our life. Right, It deserves a response in our life that this is important, and I'm not only going to let it be some season that comes and goes mm-hmm. twice a year when I focus on Jesus at Christmas and I focus on him again at Easter with his death, but I focus on it each and every day in my life, and it becomes the centerpiece of my existence, that the Word became flesh for me and dwelt among us. Right, right? He didn't... He, he didn't just leave it to everybody else to, to tell us about him. He, became, he came here to tell us about himself and to show us a way to live, and and, and I think that falls on such deaf ears, and we think that just being a Christian is just showing up and going through the motions. But no, it's about letting Jesus be the Lord of your life. It's about kicking open the door of your heart and letting him take it over. And this verse, every time I read it, is like I, I question myself. Today, in my life, have I let the Lord, has the Word become flesh in my life? Today, not just sometimes, not just in the past, but right now in this moment, is the word flesh in my life? Am I thinking and keeping my eyes always on Jesus? And if we're not, then this is a great invitation at this time of year to do just that. Well, he has so much compassion for not only you, for me, and for all those that are listening, is that he wants you to come back to him. I mean, he knows what suffering is. He identified, he, he went through the most, I mean, uh, suffering there ever is for your body yeah. to endure so he knows what's like to to be frustrated to be disappointed to have things that you know not go your way he wasn't even loved in his own town when he came to heal there's sometimes he couldn't even heal people of sickness because of the unbelief imagine how heartbroken he was to leave that that town yeah. to not be able to share the good news that he had so he's he he has experienced every emotion of the scale of of frustration of happiness that we experience and the thing is it's like just know that he is a god of love he's a god of compassion god of mercy and he just wants you to to come to love him yeah and in the last two lines i want to run through here quickly i know this is a little bit longer of an episode because of what i did in the christmas special right it's a christmas special that's (laughs) right we're going to start playing charlie brown music here in a minute but you know it, it actually goes away from this and goes to luke and you know as i was reading through all of this preparing for the podcast i I just I heard the line, um, and it's in Luke uh, two one or two seven, I believe. That yeah, it's two seven, and it says that's Matthew. Excuse me, let me find the Luke one here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the order, right? <laughs> it's a good uh, former mm-hmm. former Baptist should know. 
Um, so two seven, and it talks about, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him cloth, excuse me, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the end. I guess that's the point of this episode is, are you the person right now? Are we the ones standing in the door of the inn, telling Jesus there's no room for him this time of year? That I'm simply too caught up in the shopping and the and the secularism of Christmas and the movies and the Santa Claus and all those things. And those are gifts from God as well to enjoy in the place that we're meant to enjoy them, right? The generosity of others. But don't forget the generosity of God, mm-hmm. that he gave his very self for us so that we could come into an eternal relationship with him and be with him forever. The greatest gift that anybody's ever given us. So are our hearts hardened? Are we looking at the things of the season that aren't as important and are we are we turning away him from the end of our hearts the way that they did? Um, do we feel unworthy to receive him? If those are the things we're feeling, then take that to God and ask him to unharden your heart. Tell him in Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, you know, I will give you a new heart, a heart of flesh. I will replace the hardened heart. Ask for that in your life. And then finally, the last thing, this is Matthew two twelve, and this is about the uh, the wise men. And it's saying, you know, obviously the, the wise men went, they found Jesus, they gave them their gifts, uh, and they were headed back and they saw Herod, or Herod was asking all these questions and about Jesus mm-hmm. and all that. And it says at the end of it um, that they went back another way, that they departed and left and went to their home country by another way. Are we going to leave this Christmas another way, different than we became than, than we came to it, right? Are we going to... Are we going to enter into this season and exit out of it differently? After you listen to this podcast, are you going to have a different focus on what this Christmas day is going to mean, right? What this this Christmas mass is going to mean? And are you going to let it permeate the rest of your life, right? To say, I, I no longer am I going to look at Christmas this way of just the, the jolliness of the season and all that stuff. It's great to get into all that, but I'm really going to understand that the Lord, the word became flesh. And it has it become flesh in my life. Am I going to let it be that way? And am I going to depart from this Christmas season with a new understanding, a new love and relationship with our Lord and allow that to change my life? Because if not, then we've missed the gift of the season, right? We've missed the gift of the season. So guys, I don't know where you are, women that are listening to this. I mean, we got all kinds of people that listen to this nowadays. We get all kinds of messages from women too, but um, just over the next week, this is going to come out on Tuesday. You know, the Tuesday before Christmas, you're going to have several days. A lot of times in our life, we say, well, it's too late. I missed it. You know, I, I gave into the temptation, you know, and I fell to the sin. We do that often in our life. You still have time. You have time between now and the day that our Lord is going to arrive here this Christmas season. So what are you going to allow it to do in your life? Is it going to be just another thing? Are we going to put Jesus in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the manger and then take him out, you know, on the 26th and say, I'm moving on to New Year's Eve? and New Year's Day, and all the bowl games and all those things? Or are we going to allow this coming of Christ to mean something different in our life and call us to a new form of repentance and a new form of surrender that allows him to truly become flesh in our lives? That's the challenge for today and over the next few days. Victor, uh, for on, on behalf of you and I, I hope all of you have a very Merry Christmas. I hope you've had a wonderful Advent. Thank you for the blessing you are in our lives and for the support you give this ministry. And God blesses everyone. Amen. Thank That's you, right. Tiny Tim. That's right. <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for choosing to come into this world. 